0: Hello, my name is Claire, and you are listening to the Hypno Birthing Podcast. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to What is the Podcast's first birthday episode. I cannot believe we have been doing this for a year. So, the podcast launched on the 9th of June 2020 which is a year ago today and it's incredible. I I can't believe it. I just want to say a massive, massive thank you to everybody who takes the time to listen and who takes the time to come and speak to me and feedback to me about how much they're enjoying it. I, I really do appreciate the feedback. It's had over 150,000 downloads so far, which I feel like is a lot of downloads. So that is amazing and thank you so much. I have a few things that I'm doing to celebrate this amazing milestone. The first one is that I have an amazing episode lined up for you today. It is so exciting. I welcomed on Susie O'Hare and Susie is an author and she also has a very well known, particularly amongst birth workers and anyone who has done a hypnobirthing course, but she has a birth video which is on YouTube of her second birth um, with her daughter Daisy and it was recorded and posted 10 years ago and so really kind of paved the way for hypnobirthing really and for those kind of real birth videos that you see now. There's so many of them if you search for, for them on YouTube. So she really was kind of I suppose a pioneer in um, posting these things, there just wasn't a lot of them around at the time when she did it so I watched it when I was in uh, my pregnancy with my eldest daughter and I now show it to most of my clients. Since she's done that she's also had two more children and her fourth being Iris and she actually also posted Iris's birth on YouTube as well. And it is the most beautiful video. I cry every single time I watch it, and I know a lot of other people who do as well. So it was such a pleasure to have Susie onto the podcast to talk all about her birth experiences and about positive birth in general. And I really did feel like it would make an amazing first birthday episode because I really feel like Susie reflects positive birth. So that is the first thing I'm doing in celebration. The second thing is that I am actually launching the podcast onto YouTube and the reason I'm doing that is because I want to be able to reach a larger amount of people because I think the message is so important and people are finding the podcast so helpful that another platform would be amazing. So obviously YouTube is video uh, so it's going to take me a little while to probably go through most of the episodes I've already got here and record them in video format and it's only going to be like me sat down chatting it's not going to be anything fancy but I'm actually launching uh, Susie's interview on the podcast for the first episode on YouTube so that is going to be on there so you can head over and check that out if you want to watch it. The other thing that I am going to be doing is doing a giveaway over on my Instagram if you are listening and you have instagram and you would like to win a space on my august hypnobirthing course then please come over to my instagram which is at the underscore nurture underscore nest Um, all the details for how to enter will be on there if you're listening to this after um, the competition ends I'm, I'm really sorry, but I do do lots of uh, giveaways and things anyway throughout the year. But this particular competition is going to close at 12pm British summertime on the 23rd of June 2021. So if you're listening after that time, then I am very sorry. But please come and follow anyway, because there's always lots of discussions and extra information and also... Competitions as well throughout the year. So, anyway, I'm going to stop waffling now, but thank you so much for coming along the ride with us and for being here. And yeah, I'm just so thrilled that the podcast is won and I'm excited to do some more amazing episodes in the next year and hopefully be celebrating the podcast's second birthday this time next year. But I will stop talking and I will play the episode now. Enjoy. So, welcome, Susie. Thank you so much for coming onto the podcast.
1: Hi, Claire. Thanks so much for having me. I'm really excited to be here.
0: It is honestly a real pleasure to have you. I, I've i said to you before, but I watched your but your first birth video with your daughter, Daisy, when I was pregnant with my first daughter. So five years ago, I remember watching it at my hypnobirthing class. And honestly, I'd never seen a, well, I'd never seen a birth like it because we're so used to seeing really medicalized births in hospitals and you know they all look a certain way don't they I talk about this all the time anyway so it was the first time I'd seen such a natural positive birth and it completely yeah changed how I viewed birth which was amazing because then from that time I think I visualised my birth to be like that and that's a really important part of hypnobirthing isn't it the visualisation so I was visualizing it and it was yeah it was just amazing so thank you so much for sharing it because I know it must have helped so many people and me as a teacher I show it to a lot of people as well during courses and they just love it and then also your second one I also show now with Iris which is just beautiful I I cry every time I watch it I've seen it so many times because I show it so often (laughs) but still every time it gets me and I have uh grown men crying at it on courses like sobbing it is very emotional it's beautiful
1: thank you for sharing them <laughs> thank you that's it's just so good just to um to know that they're both so well received you know because Daisy's birth has been out there a long time she's almost 10 she's 10 in like 2 weeks so 10 years it's been out there and around the world and it's just amazing to still get so much beautiful feedback
0: yeah i think um, a lot of birth workers show it i know a lot of you know fellow teachers show it to all of their all of their clients so
1: yeah it gets a lot of um a lot of views yeah yeah in fact my sister-in-law is just um also qualified to be a hypnobirthing practitioner and she went for her training and she said that they put uh Daisy's birth up and they had to kind of um work through it and say you know what did they think about the partner and how was he holding space for, for for Susie and she's like this is so weird this is my brother <laughs> my sister-in-law So yeah, that was pretty amazing as well. It's so good good that it's making, you know, that it's helping women and men to see that birth can be so different to what we're told.
0: It shows the techniques really well as well. Techniques that we teach in hypnobirthing. It shows a lot of the techniques. So that's why it's good for people to watch it because if they've just learned about all of these hypnobirthing techniques, it really shows how they can be used in practice and, yeah, it's just incredibly beneficial. We need, this is the kind of birth that we need to be seeing. We need to be seeing those births, um, not the dramatized ones we see on TV, but obviously they're probably more entertaining for people. Um, but <laughs> this is far more useful for people to watch. So yeah, it's It's so beautiful. So what was it firstly that got you interested in hypnobirthing? Because as you said, your daughter is almost 10 so although, you know, hypnobirthing has always been around because it isn't really a thing, is it? It's just going back to, to basics. But it couldn't have been that popular
1: 10 years ago. Yeah, so I started doing hypnobirthing um, 14 years ago and it just was not known about at all. Yeah. I've been having some hypnosis for, for something, I can't remember what it was. And I remember on the wall, the lady had... Um, about hypnobirthing are you pregnant you know are you gonna be trying for a baby then consider hypnobirthing and I remember saying to her what's hypnobirthing and she told me and I was like no way wow so we at the time were trying for a baby and then very quickly soon after that I was pregnant and I went for this hypnobirthing training with my friend and, her, and our partners the four of us and yeah it just it blew my mind so that was with my daughter Seren, who's now almost 14 but the interesting thing was Even though I had done the course, I'd read the book, for me, and this is only my journey, for me, when I went to hospital, I kind of found myself in this place of um, just when we can get into that whole thing, you're not not dilating how you should be, you know, um, you're not doing this as you should be, you know, because obviously they have a graph and women are like robots, right? (laughs) supposed to dilate an hour and every hour a centimeter and I wasn't. So I, I kind of went down this very then medical path. And I still had a very empowered birth and I was still, I still came out of it feeling like I'd made the right decisions, but I also felt this overwhelming feeling that a lot of my choices were taken away from me um, because, because I was in the hospital system, which is why for Daisy's birth, I thought, you know what, I'm going to be at home. And I'm not going to get into that whole situation if you're not dilating enough and we need to put you on the drip and da-da-da. Yeah. Um, I thought I'm gonna, I'm gonna take back my power and have it at home. And uh and, and that's that's what I did. And I think that's right, I was a hypnobirthing practitioner after I had Sarin. I was a hypnobirthing practitioner for about two years, and I loved it. And I used to obviously, you know, teach women, but I I had. I had a beautiful empowered birth, but I also had an epidural. So that was always at the back of my mind as well. And then I was teaching these beautiful women and they were having these beautiful natural births. And I thought I need to be able to do that as well, but it didn't matter because I'd still had a really empowered birth. And I think that's one of the beautiful things about hypnobirthing. As long as you feel empowered as a woman, as a mother, no matter what happens, if you feel empowered, if you feel like you made the right choice, then, because that, that really helps with our mental health as well. Anyway. So then I, um, I then decided that I would film the birth because at the time, going back a decade, there wasn't many births to show. You didn't have all of the births on YouTube to do with hypnobirthing. Nobody knew what it was. You'd say, I'm having a hypnobirth. And people were like, you're having a what? (laughs) Hippo birth? What? (laughs) Um, And so just literally no one knew what it was. So that's why I decided that I wanted to film it. Um, Because a lot of the materials that we're using, I'm sure it's not like this now, Claire, but the the materials I was using, you know, 12, 13, 14 years ago was um, films for or videos from the 70s, which is still great. But I wanted to just have something a bit more current to use, which is why I decided to film it. Thank goodness you did film it because it really
0: has helped so many people. And also, you know, there's a lot more videos like that now that you can access. So it's also probably inspired a lot of people to to do the same. But yeah, going back to what you were saying about being in a hospital, I suppose that is, you know, I always say to everybody, which is completely right, that you have to be where you feel comfortable to give birth effectively. Mm -hmm. So for some people, genuinely, that will be in a hospital, but for some people, it will be at home. But you're completely right, being in that hospital environment does increase the chances of these, these things happening, because it's all within easy reach. So, you know, Mm -hmm. all of these things are, easily easily got aren't they all these interventions it kind of seems like well they're here we might as well use them whereas at home it's kind of out of sight out of mind you don't even think about it don't consider it because it's not there it's not an option and it just yeah allows you to get on and just do what your body needs to do much easier so how did hypnobirthing change your perspective of birth so going back to before you did it how you know how did it change how you viewed birth after you'd done it
1: so I think initially when when I did the course initially when I was pregnant 14 years ago we did that course with a hypnotherapist there was a lot that was missed as well um and then I realized that when I became a trainer um or an educator I realized gosh there's huge chunks that were missed And what was missed where it really was the understanding of the body and the uterus and the contractions or the surges and what is actually happening. And, I remember when I went for my training and they, I don't know if you do this, but they do the whole thing with the hands. So you have a uterine and you have your contractions and it kind of, if you're tense, it, it's this whole little thing. Yeah. And when they sh- explain that to me and explain that when you have that fear, when you're not using your breath, when you're not calm, that your, your uterus will literally contract and you will go against everything your body is supposed to be doing or the blood will move away from your uterus and then it's not you know, soft and pliable. And When I started to understand that, that was a big light bulb moment for me because then I thought, oh, wow, you know, and understanding that, and, and then really, with my second birth, with Daisy's birth, having gone through the, the, the proper education, not that you have to train as a hypnobirthing practitioner, but just, I think for this, the, the, hip, the hypnosis, study, she, it was, she was only so new as well, you know, it was just starting, I'm sure they've added so much to it. But I think when I really understood about staying calm and the light touch massage, really connecting with your partner, because I think first time round, Carl was not empowered, you know. So he just kind of sat in the chair, didn't really know what to do. Second time round, obviously, for anyone that's seen Daisy's birth, he was amazing. Um, yeah. And I think then understanding it and, and understanding each bit and bringing it together, and then actually just doing it, being in the work, remembering it in birth, was um, was incredible. He was a, a
0: fantastic birth partner, and that's one of the reasons it's great to show as well. Because again, it's not just women who probably feel this kind of fear towards birth, but men definitely. Because if you think about all of the times you see births on television and in films, men birth partners are just made to look like idiots, really, aren't they? They just, yeah, uh, you know, their job is to stand there telling bad jokes and looking awkward. So it's really important that they also feel empowered because it is such a team effort and it really is. It's a real, you know, whoever your birth partner is, it is a a team effort and you you need them there. You need somebody there supporting you and advocating for you and holding your hand or, you know, reading yeah. scripts, doing whatever it is that makes you feel relaxed. So, yeah, he was, he's a very good um, example of that.
1: <laughs> Sorry, I just thought of something then actually, but I wanted to get in. Were you saying about... Um so what you kind of see on television what you see in movies about birth but the one thing i've noticed as well Claire, is that what we see on social media so there's Mm -hmm. a lot of influencers on social media that will um have their birth and they you know they're quite traumatized by it which which can happen of course there's so much of that and there's a definite place for women being supported through that as well um which i do think is missing as well but anyway and, but what I've seen is, you know, a lot of women will will share their stories because I really feel that when you share, it's healing. Yes. You know, you're sort of releasing it. You're getting it out. And I've seen some of them with, like, so many followers. I'm talking hundreds of thousands, millions of followers sharing about a really horrific birth that they've had. And there's so many people following them and young girls and – Um, Which is, you know, that's part of their journey. But what I really want to say for anyone listening to the podcast as well, that if they go on to like have a birth or film the birth, and it's positive, and it's amazing, and to put it out there, you know, don't be afraid, don't be scared. Because before I pressed go that day on the YouTube video, I was kind of like, what the hell am I doing? You know, certainly with even irises, that was a big Take a deep breath moment because that was a lot more. You could see a lot more, you know. Um, but I just I, I want that vibration to get out there to, to have this ripple effect because I think our oh, I think women need it. So it, you know, if anybody ever feels like I'm going to share this or just do it, put your birth video out, share your story, you know, and, and really share those positive births because it's so needed. It is. That is such a good um, good message because people
0: we're very quick to share negative things. I think and not so quick to share the positives. So yeah. it's, it's very it is so important that people share it. And I think one of the reasons as well is because sometimes I think when you have a really positive birth experience, you either feel like you don't want to share it because you don't want people to think, oh, I, you know, I had a bad experience, they had a good one, and for them to feel badly about themselves. But also I find sometimes people might say oh well you know you were lucky or something you know it kind of gets um kind of brought down a bit and it's it's all to do with you were lucky rather than yeah. you put in the work and and you really believed in it and things like that so I think that kind of puts people off sometimes from sharing their positive experiences but it is so important which is one of the reasons I do this podcast and I speak to oh, people that's that a great thing that have such positive experiences, no matter how they look, you know, yours were beautiful and at home and the water and gorgeous, but sometimes people's experiences are like you said, in hospital and incredibly positive. So it's really important that there's a picture of all of it out there so that no matter who's listening or who's who's having a baby, they can access that and and feel positive from it. So what were your birth experiences? So, I mean, just briefly, obviously, because I know you have four gorgeous children (laughs) I mean, we, we know um, daisies and irises, but can you share? I mean, you said about Seren, but Flynn's as well. Can you just share a little yeah, bit?
1: About, yeah. About so, um, yeah, I talked about Seren's. Seren's was, Seren was still a really positive birth experience. I just, for me, I, I guess I felt like I gave a lot over, you know, um, a lot of trust, and I didn't kind of really come back to my intuition. With Daisy, um, I, I, I kind of did all my practicing. I, I did my, everything I needed to do with my, my breathing, my practicing, my, all the things that, um, you know, I used to listen to the hypnosis CD. <laughs> I think it was a CD 10 years ago. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no, I think I had like a little iPod. Uh, I used to listen to that over. It. I, you know, I did all the things, but then what was amazing is then when I went into the birth, and for anyone that's seen it, I was so innocent to birth really you know I kept asking questions and and, and I could feel it like the, the I think I, I was reading an Ina May book as well Ina May's book oh, yeah. uh, Guide to Childbirth which I just love I just read that again with Iris and I, I wanted to have this experience for this particular birth to be in nature so I remember going for a big walk around the woods and walking 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 and I lean on a tree when I'd have a surge and it's only sort of early labor And then I tried to do as much of it as I could before the midwife came around. And then as soon as she came around, I was fully dilated. So, um, but it it just happened so quickly. It it really did happen so quickly. Well, no, I think I wasn't fully dilated, maybe seven centimeters or something, but very different experience to Sarah. And it was a really quick labor, um, three hours from start to finish. But there was so much innocence in it. You know, I was, you know, is this really the head? And do I really want to push? And, you know, really questioning myself. Yeah. Um, and then with Flynn, because Daisy's had been so, you know, easy and I wouldn't say easy. It's just, yeah, it's, it's powerful, isn't it? And you just, you have to really go within and what an experience. But I feel that because it had been genuinely, you know, quite a surprise that I'd gone to the pool. She came, few birth breaths, and wow. I guess I thought it would be the same with Flynn. So I didn't do as much preparation. Mm-hmm. So we didn't, I didn't do my breathing every day. I wasn't really practicing that, my visualizations. I kind of was a bit slapdash, you know. And his was Daisy's was three hours. Flynn's was longer and a lot more still beautiful, but very tribal. I, I remember that I was making noises that I, was wondering was that me wow, <laughs> I was looking in the room like was that was that me just really in my body in these tribal noises and wow. um very very different and I'd been in the water for it, it felt like a lot longer but I'm sure it wasn't but it felt like I was in it for about an hour in this sort of the the, the pushing stage if you will No, we don't say pushing but the second stage yeah. And then, so I decided to go to the toilet. And then as, as soon as I sat in the toilet, Flynn came. So it was very quickly. And, and that's why I couldn't share the birth because <laughs> I filmed that one as well. Did you filmed it. filmed it. It was my intention to, to, to share it and put it out on YouTube. And then we, the, the whole kind of end bit, which is the you know the crescendo, you really want that bit. That was just all missed because it was in the bathroom. So I remember just grabbing hold of the sink and the midwife ran um, and Carl caught Flynn. So um, that was very different. And it made me realize, gosh, that, that I needed to, um, again, with Iris, there was a little bit of a gap, seven years, really do that preparation again. Yeah. Um, but I wanted to share a bit about Iris's birth as well because this is the first time that I intuitively, throughout my pregnancy, towards the end of the pregnancy, probably third trimester, the few days running up, few weeks and days running up to the birth, and the birth that I intuitively spoke to Iris, Oh, nice. So I'd never done that before. Okay. Um, there'd always been this kind of, yeah, you know, you. I was in tune with the baby and I've talked to the baby and all the little things that we do. But I hadn't really, and this might sound a bit woo-woo, but I hadn't really kind of connected with this energy of the baby and spoke to her about what she wanted. Amazing. And we had a bit of a scare and I won't go fully into detail, but we had a bit of a scare 24 hours before where they wanted to take me into hospital and induce me. And there was quite a lot of pressure, and there was quite a lot of reasons as to why I'd go in. Um, and again, I've been really mindful because I, I, I want to spread positivity, not kind of put scary stuff into yeah. <laughs> mama's brains. But yeah, it, it was a huge decision that I had to make and a really scary one. And that night, I. Um, I started to journal. I did a meditation and I spoke to Iris and I asked her what she wanted. And, and she told me through through my thoughts that she wanted to be born at home and to trust. And 24 hours later, she was born at home. It was huge. And I had to, I spoke to Carl and he said, Look, I, I this I trust as well. Spoke to the midwife. She said, Look, I trust you, and I trust Iris, and I trust us that we can do this. And, and that was the first time I thought, wow, it kind of went against statistics and fear and all of the things and really went with my intuition and my and my intuition was so strong have this baby at home and then yeah in the labor as well there was a time when i spoke to her and i was wondering about whether to get up whether to stay in the pool you know i was just what do i do and um i wasn't trusting and i went in and i closed my eyes and i spoke to her and she said i'll be here in the next surge and, I f- and to to turn around to turn over, <laughs> and I turned over, and then she was born, wow. and it was unbelievable, so that was the first time and i just I just wish i 'd had that knowledge before that you can yeah. really speak to these babies and they can yeah. talk back to you <laughs> <That's> amazing <laughs> if you will. so yeah I that, that. That was That's really- so good it, I mean yeah, yeah
0: like instinct and intuition that is nine times out of ten right, so definitely worth listening to, but how amazing. And so was her labor quick
1: or? It was two and a half hours. And because of this particular scare, I knew that I needed, when it was the time to kind of birth her, you know, and mm-hmm. um, bear down, push her out, whatever you want to say, birth a baby. Then I I knew I had to, I felt intuitive that I needed to do it quite quick as well. And my body knew that. And Iris knew that, which is again, why I used this, this primal sound, which I've never, again, I never did before. And that kind of came out and, so I use a lot of, um, a lot of intuition. But, but, yeah, the intuition is, is, is huge because I think we're in this place in time in the world right now where there's so much fear about yeah. birth and there's so many statistics, and they change all the time. Yeah. And I found having a baby over 40 and having a baby in Australia was vastly different to the UK. Really? I was almost kind of treated as if I was, like, 70 and but I just had to keep coming back to myself and thinking, you know, I'm I'm fit. I feel young. I feel fit. I feel healthy. My body feels amazing. And and um just I wouldn't. Uh, for me personally, this is only my journey. I have to really open with that. But I wouldn't even. I, we chose to have a home birth, and the whole thing was being done at home. So I would never even go into the hospital. And they wanted me to go in and, and have. know some tests and I just at the end and I said no because I knew for me if I stepped into that fear that I wouldn't have had the birth that I needed and and what Iris needed so again um my midwife was so beautiful she kept saying make your decision based on your intuition and not fear so I used a lot of the hypnobirthing fear release scripts so for anything just to to get rid of it and then yeah it was was amazing if I was younger I'd do it again (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and, I mean, do you know what though, having those like lovely
0: positive birth experiences, I've I've had two children, but we don't really want any more. But I I always say like I'd love to do the birth again. I probably wouldn't want to um, have another baby, but I want to do the birth, not looking likely. But um, what? Well, yeah, it's amazing. It's such an, a powerful, empowering experience that how can you not want to do it again? Because it's just, yeah. it's amazing. I love the midwife saying that to you about making your decisions based off of intuition and not fear. That's completely right. You know, we, so, so often in birth, unfortunately decisions are just made based on fear and then it's not maybe the right decision for you. So that is, I love that. I think that's a really great, um, great saying. Have your older children watched the births?
1: Yes. Yes. So in preparation, we wanted to, our intention with Iris's birth was to have, she was our third home birth, fourth baby. And we wanted to have a um, family-led birth. So all the family would be there and the children. And it was, But when I sat down with the children, not one of them wanted to be there. And I was like, oh, no way. But <laughs> I've been manifesting this. So my, my eldest daughter said, honestly, I, I don't really want to, I want to be there at the end. and But I just don't feel. And, and the other two little ones, and I asked them separately. And they all said that. And I said, wow, okay. But then we thought, well, let's just go with whatever happens. You know, if they are awake, if it's in the day, whatever happens, let's just see what presents and let's just go with it. And I kind of worked through my stuff as well. So if they were around and I was in birth and that I would just not hold on to them saying they didn't want to be there. I just go into my zone. Yeah. So I did all of that. But then actually um, I went into labor about, it was labor, fully labor at like midnight, and she was born at four o'clock, 20 past four. And my eldest, Saren, who's almost 14, she was around and she, was, she just didn't want to go to bed. And she's so excited. And she was watching me as I was having my surges. And it was really sweet, actually. I was on the phone to my best friend in the UK, who told me, you need to go and put the phone down to me and phone the midwife. <laughs> and, um, and then Saren wanted to go to bed. So she went to bed. And then Iris was born. And then we waited for an hour for the uh, placenta to be birthed. And then we went to get the children. And even with my primal roaring, nobody woke up. Really? So then afterwards, because we decided to have it all filmed, Daisy's, we did ourselves with the camcorder in the corner of the room, but this time we decided to have um, a photographer come in and, and film it. And then we watched it as a family, and it was mm-hmm. so beautiful. Um, my eldest was crying, and yeah, they, they just love it. And I think as well that they have such a positive outlook and experience of birth, you know, and, and Daisy's seen her birth. We watched that lots and lots of times to prep them. And even for our little boy, Flynn, he just looks at birth. It's such a positive thing. And I think that that's such a great thing for our kids. It is. is. It's such a gift because we didn't have that, you know, growing
0: up our kind of generation didn't really have that. And it's so important. They used to do that using, you know, hundreds of years ago, all the family used to be around all the the women and girls in particular used to be present at the birth, didn't they? So they grew up knowing that it was, safe and that it was fine and you know they'd seen it before but our only our first experience of birth is when we ourselves give birth the majority of the time that is our first wow yes experience so how amazing for them to have that and be so educated on it from such a young age it's definitely something that I want to do with my own children they're only four and two so they're little at the moment but I want to make because they're both girls I want to make sure that they view it really positively and don't feel scared of it because it can, yeah, it just can change so much of how, how they experience it. But yeah, I wonder what, um, what, how Daisy feels like, how, how, it must feel so odd being, seeing your birth. Like it, I can't imagine. I, I mean, yeah. amazing. I'd love to, you know, but it must just feel so incredible to actually see your yourself being born.
1: Yeah, I know. Yeah. She's watched it so many times. as well. She loves it. Her friends have seen it. All Saren's friends, everybody's seen like Daisy's birth. And in our groups as well, we've got lots of um, my friends who are like either hypnobirthing practitioners or doulas and their kids have seen it. And yeah, so it's, it's beautiful, actually. It's, it's um, Well, I think it's a beautiful thing. I don't know what happens as Daisy grows up. She She's like, mom, come on. <laughs> I think it's lovely.
0: How amazing to see what, and what a lo- lovely entrance she had. She was born in her sack, wasn't
1: she? Yes, yeah, she was. Mm-hmm. yeah Yeah. very peaceful and she's still like that now very peaceful calm kind yeah I do
0: often think that with hypnobirthing babies is they are very calm and Mm. I, I think it is because of their entrance into the world that they are kind of that way aren't they
1: oh yeah and you know even when I with this birth as well my midwife handed me this little book and she said it's um it was all about um, induction, which here in Australia is huge. It's just like, that's what we do. you just you just induced. And there's a whole kind of thing around this about when, you know, other, when babies aren't ready, you know, and when babies, their kind of energy and their kind of soul imprint to the world, you know, when they wanted to be birthed, and then we taking that away from them. And I know there's cases where you have to do it. I totally get it. But here in Australia, it's just very common that, oh, yeah, I'm just going into my induction. I'm going, and I, it just that's just what you do. You just go in for your induction. And my midwife, um, gave me this little, cause I've always gone two weeks over, okay. but again, cause I was over 40, I knew there was like a higher, slightly higher risk and she wanted me to be aware of that. So she gave me this little book and it talked about, um, uh, you know, serin was not induced before 40 weeks, but she did go on the syntocin drip to get surges stronger yeah, and, um, I think about how she was as a baby and then how she has been growing up compared to Daisy, Pliny, and obviously Iris is only eight months, but very, very different. Really? And this book, this book's written by a midwife, very educated midwife who's written this book. It's with all the midwives in Australia and it actually goes into, um, yeah, it just goes into different things. It was an eye opener really. Wow. Um, yeah. For me and how different babies present when they've been induced because you know what's actually in the syntosin drip and how that can affect babies you know so so much um so much is going to come out i think as we as more people delve into it these are the things we don't think about though or don't get told before
0: you know the in these interventions are presented in a positive way in that well it will speed your labor up or it will you know bring your labor on so it seems just a positive for people that don't know any different don't know to ask questions it seems like only a positive thing but actually there's Mm -hmm. so much also associated with it that can not be good that we don't get told I think that's what's so frustrating and why it's so important for people to find their voice and ask questions about all of these things because they're not black and white are they they're
1: not it's not just exactly we're not I think it's that whole thing about always trust your doctor but I think now we are questioning and you know researching and finding out and um and the other thing as well because I always do go over two weeks that's just something I do that's just my and it's not even over that's just my body you know my body just beautifully goes to 42 weeks but I did feel this time I was having a home birth I was over 40 we had a couple of things that happened so I wanted to um really get to that 40 week mark. So I started having acupuncture and I had that with Flinny as well. And amazing from oh, yeah. 37 weeks. I had it every week. And then I literally went and uh, went into labor bang on day 40. So I'd oh, highly really? recommend that. So, so natural. With Iris,
0: with Iris you were, you were two weeks earlier, technically. With your yeah. To
1: my norm. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And it was the, and the same with Flynn and the same with Iris after my fourth acupuncture session, I started my surges on the on the bed, you know, in the. Oh, really? Yeah, in the, uh, when it, with the acupuncturist, and yes. each time I was like, I'm literally paying for my for my for the, for the session, and I'm like <gasps> breathing through the surges, and it happened twice. It's So powerful! I don't recommend acupuncture, but hearing like you know,
0: because I, I have heard like positive things about it for bringing labor on, but hearing that
1: that's incredible that it can have that. Yeah. And the earlier you have it as well. So if you have it from like 37, 38 weeks, and then you just have it every week, then yeah. It's so as opposed to sort of like squeezing in at the end, so good. I am um, when
0: I was pregnant with my first, we I went to like relaxation classes in the evening. You know, just to um, complement my hypnobirthing. And I remember once there was a this it, just your story about you being um, contracting when you were in the um, with the acupuncturist, but. I remember once there was a woman there who was in labor, but she had come along to the relaxation class because she was just in early labor. I think it was her second baby. Um, And she was there with the rest of us, but she was in labor. And I remember as a first time mum who had never done it before, I just found it. So I don't, it really motivated me. I thought, and I remember telling everyone after like, there was a lady there, she was in labor. She was, she was in this relaxation class in labor because, you so automatically think well surely she should be like on a yeah. bed <laughs> writhing around in pain not in this relaxation class and I just really held on to that I thought it was amazing and I think yeah that just you telling that story just reminded me of it I haven't thought about that for ages actually but wow. really as a first timer incredibly mm. inspiring so I've asked you already why you videoed two of them What well, you videoed all uh, three of them yeah. uh, do you watch your one with Flynn as well Obviously, I know you've not got the end bit, but...
1: We just, do you know what? We just, because I, well, I had Flynnie and then three months after Flynnie, we emigrated to Australia and then it was kind of a whirlwind of, you know, all of that. And so I've only just recently found it and I haven't actually, we've just got bits of it, but I haven't actually found the full, but I know it's there somewhere. We've got this huge, big, like, databasing. Yeah. um so I haven't seen it but I've got to watch it and it's interesting because I had a different perception of what Flynn's birth was like until I found snippets of it and I thought wow no it was it was actually okay I think that the, the primal noises were interesting for me because I'd never had that before and then watching it back I was like no that's actually really cool yeah. um so yeah eventually I'm definitely going to make a video of that and actually the very next day we filmed us all jumping into the pool, clean cleaned the pool out, or like two days later, or oh. something, clean the pool out, filled it up again. And then we all got in with Flynn. So I have got that bit. So I need to weave it back together. Oh and God. because it's interesting, because what I did with Flynn's is I. With Daisy's, for anyone that's watched it, I kind of talk you through and I'm talking about how, you know, I'm breathing through the surges and I'm eating and drinking and da da da. And then with Flynn's, I went even more into like documentary making. <laughs> and he was always in, he wasn't in a great position. He was always like kind of on the side and wasn't posterior, but it was just on the side. Yeah. So the whole labor, I was walking up and downstairs and I was doing this whole thing where you kind of hang off the bed. So your tummy's forward. And I think we did like a bit of rebozo, I think you call it. Yeah. And I'm talking people through that. So it's like a full on birthing documentary. Wow. <laughs> step by step. And then, and then I thought I had it all sorted out. And then I remember the midwife coming and saying like, actually you're only three centers dilated. And I thought, really? I felt like I was like ready to go. And yeah. um, it birth can be so different. You know, Just you don't know what you're going to get with it. I've heard that often third said- births are longer than second ones
0: so you yeah. have a shorter second birth so you would kind of assume that the third one would be even shorter but I have heard it goes usually the other way and the third, yeah longer.
1: Midwife said that and I do wonder if it's because you just think ah oh, got yeah. this you or something else. <laughs> and also the fact that you went into the
0: toilet that is very instinctive isn't it because you yeah. thought out probably the smallest space you could to yes. private space to have your baby. My friend did that. My friend, she birthed at home and had been in the birth pool, and she said suddenly she just needed to go to the toilet. She just couldn't wow. explain it. And as soon as she went into the bathroom, she had the baby. Exactly, kind of the same. Sounds the same. I
1: never thought of it like that, yeah, like it's kind, kind of instinct primal instinct.
0: You you seek out the smallest kind of most you know what feels safest space yeah and it's yeah again it's primal it's it's Mm -hmm.
1: what has the reaction been like to the videos oh amazing and still 10 years in you know and I think especially when I filmed Iris's birth which I knew the intention was to share it so I always knew I was going to do that and when I shared that you know 10 years ago we didn't have I think we have Facebook. Do we have, I can't even remember, but I don't think we had Instagram. We definitely didn't we have Instagram stories like that. You know, we didn't have any of that. So I think it was just put it on YouTube. And this time when I shared it on my social media, it just kind of went off. I couldn't believe it. And oh my gosh, so many hypnobirthing practitioners and midwives were sharing it and mums. And just it just kind of, I couldn't believe the response from it. And I kind of shared it and thought, you know, I'll just put my phone down, not worry about it. And I'm not really sure what's going to happen. And it was just, it was like an explosion. It was just amazing. And um, Daisy's birth, and then lots of people messaging me saying, you know, I still to this day use Daisy's birth and watch Daisy's birth. And I know that Daisy's birth went on the main hypnobirthing website and it's been watched. Then I put the download for people to use, you know, and so people could just always download it. So I think it's been watched like over a million times on different platforms, yeah, which is incredible, little Daisy, um, oh. And yeah, with two of my beautiful friends here in Australia, I met, they're coming here tomorrow, actually, I met them through Daisy's birth, because one of them was, um, my friend Diana was a hypnobirthing practitioner, her best friend said to Diana, I'm pretty sure I've seen that hypnobirthing woman in the school today, and she was like, there's no way, she lives in Wales, there's no way, and then she's like, I've definitely seen her. So my friend, I came to the school and saw me, and they both run over, and um, that was five years ago we've been beautiful friends ever since and so it, that, that beautiful birth or doing that birth and and I feel giving that out to the universe then gave me a gift of yeah. helping me connect with beautiful women when I moved to Australia so how incredible yeah. to be
0: the other side of the world basically and have people recognize you from <laughs> the video. that that's, must have blown your mind a bit that's that's amazing
1: <laughs> so what is it you're up to now then Well, um, I've written a couple of books. Uh, They've been published. I published my second book in September, just before, it was about a month before I gave birth to Mm -hmm. Iris. It's called Heal the Mother, Heal the Child. And that has um, become my, my biggest work, my biggest love, which is to really help mothers to heal. There's a lot of moments that, and it can be any type of healing, you know, it could be childhood stuff. It could just be even, you know, birth, healing birth, trauma, anything like that, and just helping them to process that and giving them the tools in order to do the work whilst raising little ones. Cause a lot of mums think, well, I haven't got time. You know, there are stuff that I need to, to do. You know, I am feeling a certain way or um, it came from me, actually. It came from when we emigrated to Australia seven years ago, my mental health, health really deteriorated and I realized that I that I had a lot of stuff that I hadn't worked through. And I think then being in Australia, not having my fa- friends, my family, I think it was just me. And then three little ones. Finny was only three months. And I think it just kind of, I started to go through a bit of a mental health crisis, really. And it was at that point that I realized, gosh, there's a lot of stuff that I just need to work on. And I did. <laughs> and then the, all my work became my book. So it's, you know, I teach women about... I give them lots of guided meditations and teach them about breath work and um, different types of tools, like EFT, emotional freedom technique. So I do that through my books, but then I'm just about to start online courses as well, online courses through Zoom in August. So, um, yeah, and I I used to hold women's circles as well, so I'm going to get back to doing that, holding beautiful women's circles and breath work circles and all about the healing. (laughs) I
0: love that. Where can people kind of go – go to find you? Where, where should people look?
1: Yeah, I'd say everything's on my Instagram. So Susie O'Hare official um, on my website, com.
0: Well, thank you so much for coming and talking to me. It's been a pleasure. And like I said, I feel like I've known you for, for years because of watching that video so long ago. So um, yeah, and I will continue to show it to all of my um all of my clients because it is just so incredibly helpful both of them are they're both beautiful um and I probably will continue to cry at Iris's birth (laughs) (laughs) I posted it yesterday and I had so many messages saying that is the most beautiful birth I've ever seen it is incredibly special so thank you for sharing and for sharing your stories and for yeah just coming on and having a chat about hypnobirthing and birth always love to start the day as I am (laughs) over here um, (laughs) with talking about birth what's better i mean it's you know such a great topic i love it so yes thank you thank you so much susie thank you claire thank you so much bye-bye thank you so much to susie for chatting to me for that episode i really really enjoyed chatting to her i found it so inspirational and motivational and hopefully you guys did as well so big big thank you to Susie. I will leave all of her details below for how you can find her and find out a little bit more about the work she does and also watch her amazing videos if you want to go and watch those. Please don't forget to head over to my YouTube and subscribe for video content, it's The Nurture Nest, so so uh, just search for that and hopefully I'll pop up but I'll leave a link below, below just in case and also if you want to enter the competition please don't forget to head over to my instagram uh, to find out more about that the next episode will be in two weeks time and it is another really great episode i have two guests coming on for the next episode and we're going to be talking about birth photography and it's going to be a really great episode and also includes a very positive birth story so i will speak to you soon